So, Book of Revelation, this is part 17. Uh, I actually skipped the whole month of May because we had so much going on and so many things to deal with that uh, we didn't get to, but we, we spoke several times of the month of April on, on this subject, and I've been doing this for a little over a year now. We'll go through the whole book. Uh, we're all the way up to Revelation chapter 7. And you know, listen, I was coming out of my office. No kidding, it's hot off the press. I was coming out of my office, putting all my little stuff on, you know, getting ready. And I heard the Lord say so clearly, Mitch, don't forget, I always take care of my people. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the challenge, regardless of what is coming, you, here's what I felt. You don't have to be afraid. I am your shepherd. You will never lack. You dwell under the shadow of the Most High. And that's, that's what you're going to see tonight in Revelation. Revelation chapter 7 is about God taking care of his own people. So let's get into it here. We're going through again the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights. So uh, all of it's online. I've got a lot to say. I can't go back and redo everything we have said. But, uh, you know, it's all about, uh, all about God cleansing the earth of doubt, unbelief, and all of the sinful elements that have made the earth what it is today, a fallen world. And it's about the, earth, the curse being lifted from the earth. It's about Satan getting, getting his just desserts. He will spend eternity in the lake of fire because he rebelled against God in heaven and fell to the earth and corrupted the earth when Adam and Eve were here and caused us to be a fallen race. And we fight and pick and quarrel in each other. And then the environment turns against us. In the book of Revelation, God says, enough is enough. I'm coming back for what belongs to me. The earth has been taken from me and I'm coming back to claim what is mine so that really is the bottom line so revelation chapter 4 we we uh, had a session and talked about that it shows god as creator and all these notes are online i encourage you to go to our website click on notes because i've got a i've got a uh, some support some additional material at the end you may want to read about the rapture of the church i don't have time to talk about tonight because it's so detailed nonetheless revelation 4 shows god as the creator owner and the sustainer of all things he is the sovereign one the the almighty so he's seated on a a great big chair called a throne with a rainbow of colors around him and with all of these uh, myriad of beings around him with eyes all around their head saying holy 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 is the lord the whole earth is full of his glory and and then there are 24 uh, leaders that are around him so the revelation 4 shows that and then revelation 5 in an unusual way show, shows god seated on that throne but in his right hand is a scroll and the scroll is sealed with seven seals, signifying it's a very, very ultra-important document only to be opened by a person that can bring to pass what's inside the scroll. We covered that in great detail when we talked about Revelation chapter 5 sometime back. And, uh, and so uh, that scroll is God's title deed to planet earth. He's seated on the throne. He created the earth. And now he says, hey, I've got the title deed to this place. And it's a mess. So somebody's going to come and start breaking these seals. And that somebody in Revelation 5 is Jesus, the lamb slain from the foundations of the earth, who becomes the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's the one that begins to break the seals. So then in Revelation chapter 6, Jesus began to break the seals on the scroll in God's right hand. Inside the scroll, let me also say, is what God has to do to run his enemies off this planet 
and to justly reward them for what they have chosen to do to his creation, his world, and his universe. And they will spend eternity in the lake of fire. And then there's a new heavens and new earth. So, so all that's necessary to clean the earth up, when that scroll is un- unrolled, it starts. And it's a really tough time. Uh, for this planet and for the people that remain here. And so the scroll begins to, uh, you know, the, uh, the um, uh, seals that are on the scroll, Revelation chapter 6, begin to be opened by the Lord Jesus. I'm just covering this very, very quickly. The first seal is opened, Revelation 6, 2. It begins, it begins the reign of the Antichrist on earth. He's the rider on the white horse there in Revelation 6, 2. Revelation 6, 3. The second seal is broken on the scroll in God's right hand, and it reveals a rider on a red horse, which depicts war coming to the earth. The Antichrist says he's a man of peace. He's going to bring all nations together. But in his heart, he's a person of conflict. And there's war. War, ethnic wars, wars between nations, and that's a horrible thing that happens on earth because of his reign. Revelation chapter 6, verse 5, the third seal is opened by Jesus. It reveals a rider on a black horse, and this depicts famine and inflation due to scarcity of food because of what the wars have done. And so, you know, uh, food is expensive, and it's scarce, and... Uh, and famines occur because of the wars and what is going on then. Then Revelation chapter 6 verse 7 is the fourth seal. It's opened and there's a rider on a pale green horse depicting disease and death spread due to the wars that uptick because of the Antichrist reign. And the sepsis that comes from the dead bodies all over the place, per- perhaps primarily in the Middle East. It may, uh, it may even encompass the whole world. I say that because in the Bible, many times the Bible <clears throat> uses hyperbole, which is an intended exaggeration to make points. And all through the New Testament, for instance, they would say the whole world, this or that. And it meant really the Middle East or the place right there where Jesus lived. Uh, I'm not really sure it could mean the whole, literally the whole world is under the reign of Antichrist, or the majority of these things could be in the Middle East. But the way that the world is combined right now, and the things that we're watching even with this COVID-19, listen to me, and because the whole world got shut down, and now travel between nations is difficult. And now because economies are so ganged and joined together, uh, and, and because finances are so interwoven internationally that leads me to think that this word world here he could he could have some sway over the nations whose uh, leaders allow him to to have influence so that's the reason that you need to vote and you need to take your bible to the voting booth in your heart and vote for, for the people whose principles you believe in if you vote party line you're gonna miss god I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, or Libertarian. How many hear what I just said? You need to find out what people believe. The congressmen, the senators, the judges, the mayors, the governors, and the president. How many hear me? If you say, well, I'm just going to go party because my family always had. You're going to miss God so bad. And you're going to stand before Jesus one day. And he's going to say, can I talk to you about your voting booth stuff? And you're going to say, well, that's my business. And he said, and he's going to say, it was my business too. And I wanted to use you to help your nation, but the enemy used you. 
Ouch. Friends, there is no separation of your natural life and spiritual life any longer. How many hear what I just said? And if you think it is, you've been deceived by the devil. It got quiet in this Baptist church. Fifth seal, Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. Open, it, it's opened and it reveals martyrs that have died for their faithfulness to Jesus and his word. This fifth seal on the scroll in God's right hand is the time when the Antichrist breaks covenant with Israel. This is mentioned in Matthew 24, which is a parallel chapter to Revelation 6. And this is starting with verse 9. The Antichrist upticks. He begins to slaughter in mass believers and Jewish and Jews primarily perhaps in the Middle East. But it may cabbage on into other parts of the world. There's tremendous persecution going on right now. For some reason, us in America, we think we're immune. Friends, look what's happening outside in our American streets today. Friends, things are changing, and we need to pray. How many hear me? It's previews of what's coming, and that's what you, want to, what you need to know. So fifth seal is when the Antichrist breaks uh, his covenant with Israel. Uh, there's seven years of Jewish time that are yet to be fulfilled that God showed Daniel in Daniel uh, chapter 9, particularly verse 27 says, he makes some kind of a treaty. I've often even myself said peace is just a treaty of some kind. We don't really know what it looks like. It may be, it may be well known or may be unknown or a little known. And the news may broadcast it or may not. But once there's a treaty between Israel and their enemies and, and, and there's some semblance of working together in some ways that begins a, a, a supernatural time clock where God begins to deal with the Jewish race again. And there's seven years of Jewish time according to what God showed Daniel, that is left to be, to be fulfilled. And that seven years is typically called the tribulation, which is a misnomer. Nothing in the Bible calls those seven years the tribulation. There's the great tribulation, which is uh, midway when the Antichrist turns against Israel. He'll make a, a treaty with them of some kind, break his treaty three and a half years into that seven-year period. And the Jewish temple will be rebuilt. He'll desecrate the temple the way it was desecrated in history. And then, and then there's some, just some severe time. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 21, except this time called the great tribulation by Jesus were shortened, no flesh would be, no, no saved flesh would survive. But for the sake of the elect or people that are saved, this time is shortened. Then we come to the sixth seal, Revelation 6, 12. This sixth seal reveals cosmic disturbances. In fact, in my King James Bible, it goes through in Revelation 6 and it looks at each one and it gives a name for each of the, each of the seven seals. The name it gives in my King James Bible, Thomas Nelson Bible, is cosmic disturbances. And so here it is. Um, the cosmic disturbances reveal the beginning. Not quite, but it's really getting close to a time period that the Bible calls both, both Old and New Testament the day of the Lord. It's called the day of the Lord by the Old Testament prophets. It's also called the day of the Lord by by the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter. And so it's a, it's a terrible time period when finally, after exhausting all of his grace and mercy, the wrath of God is poured out on his enemies. It is the worst time that this planet will ever know. And nobody wants to be here to go through that time period called the day of the Lord. So if you're watching me online, kind of, you know, 
chuckling about what I'm saying about these things being literal. Just be aware. You don't want to be here when the wrath of God is poured out. We'll talk about it beginning in Revelation chapter 8. It's a horrible thing that happens here. Nobody wants to go through it. The good news is the church, I believe, is taken out of here before these things happen. And that's what Revelation chapter 7 reveals to us. But let's, let me just read to you. Listen, you look on the screen. Passion Translation, Revelation 6, 12 through 17. Behold, I saw, this is the sixth seal on the scroll in God's right hand being broken. Behold, I saw the Lamb break open the sixth seal, which released a powerful earthquake I saw the sun become pitch black and the full moon become blood red the stars fell from heaven to the earth as a fig tree shaken by a stormy wind sheds its unripe figs that could be speaking of a meteorite shower that's pretty serious and it's speaking of some earthquakes that perhaps are even unparalleled for, uh, uh, up to that time verse 14 the sky receded with a snap as a scroll rolls itself up, and I haven't, I'm still studying on that one. It could be that there are changes. You know, there's a, there's a barrier surrounding the atmosphere of our planet that provides a barrier so that objects from space basically don't come here. Uh, it, it, they bounce off the stratosphere. And, and something here indicates that's going to be affected in a, in a, in a, a really, really major way during this sixth seal being broken, as a scroll rolls itself up and every mountain and island was moved from its place. That's really hard to imagine. Imagine the mountain ranges here that we have in America, the mountain ranges that you see as you travel worldwide. They're going to be moved out of place. The islands will be shaken and moved. Some will most probably disappear. They'll be moved from their places. Then it says it's so serious, the kings of the earth, the great princes and generals, the rich and powerful, listen to this, and everyone, whether they were slave or free, ran for cover and hid in the caves and among the mountain boulders. Now, this is every person. Think about the wealthy elite who own uh, um, uh, amazing, amazingly large houses in various parts of the world. And they think they're, that somehow they can get behind their iron gates and be protected from any harm that comes to everybody else. They've, they've, uh, they've maximized their wealth and saved it in some way so that regardless of what happens to the world economy, they're safe. But they cannot be safe from the wrath of God. And it just starts right here. And then, so they're running to the caves and mountains. Obviously, objects are falling from the sky. And here's what they say. They hit, called out to the mountains and boulders saying, fall on us at once. Hide us quickly from the glorious face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Revelation 7 shows you who is able to stand. During this time, now Jesus mentioned this exact same time. He didn't go into the detail you see here in Revelation 6. But in Matthew 24, 29, this is right at the very end of the great tribulation after the Antichrist turned coats against Israel. There's some really serious killing of Jews and Christians, particularly in the Middle East. Again, it may spread like sepsis to the other parts of the earth that allow it to. Verse 29, Jesus said, Matthew 24, Then immediately 
Uh, This is what will take place. And that is right after the great tribulation when the Antichrist turncoats Israel, desecrates their temple, turns against them, breaks his peace treaty three and a half years into it. And then we don't know how long the great tribulation is. It's shortened. It may be a year. It may be two years. We really don't know. This wrath of God time, it won't be a long time, but it'll be a really hard time. That's what you need to know. And so it goes on, Jesus said, then immediately this is what will take place. The sun will be darkened. Again, mentioning what it says there in Revelation 6, the moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky and all the cosmic powers will be shaken. Then the sign announcing the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn over him and they will see the Son of Man appearing in the clouds of heaven revealed with a mighty power, with mighty power, great splendor and glory. And he will send his messengers with a loud blast of the trumpet and with a great voice they will gather his beloved chosen ones. By the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now you're going to be in that group. If you're here. Did you hear what I just said? So what did I just say? That is, that is, this is a cataclysmic time. And this is the sixth seal when it's broken. It's a time where you need to know the rapture is about to take place. Now let me say this. Um, This is after some kind of a treaty is signed between Israel and its enemies. The Antichrist is revealed. So what am I just saying? I'm saying that as Christians, this is not popular. I get flack for saying this, but I have to to preach what I see in the Bible. You're going to see the Antichrist reveal himself in the Middle East. You, if you're here, you will see the Christians will not be raptured away. I'm pretty surprised uh, over the past few weeks, somebody put this, uh, you know, they, now they got, if you want to say something on Facebook, you got a little colorful background. Well, they got a colorful background and they say the world's looking for Antichrist, I'm looking for the rapture or something like that. Because they believe that the rapture is going to whisk us away from any problems that occur because of the revelation of the Antichrist in the Middle East. What I believe the Bible says is we're going to see the first part of that, first three and a half years of that, the Great Tribulation where there's serious persecution and killing of Jews and Christians. Uh, you're going to see some of that. Will it come to America? And again, I don't know. It's according to how we vote, and it's according to who's in the office that governs our nation, and it's according to if our congressmen and senators will protect us. I don't know. That's up to us. What you going to do? So, you know, you, how many know you need to be thinking about this? How many hear me? So take elections. I'm going to say it for the second time, whether you like it or not. Take elections seriously. One day, it could cost you your life if you don't. How much more plain can I be? So um, there is a belief system, and let me also say this, that that's, and I heard this all my life, that the rapture is imminent. There's a doctrine called imminency. That is, there are no scriptures to be fulfilled before the rapture occurs. It could happen at any time. Now, if you can find that in the Bible, I want you to show me because I can't find that. What I do see, there are 17 um, 
passages in the New Testament that use the word coming, like Jesus coming again. And it gives reference to the second coming of Christ, the word coming. Now, all this is in the notes at the bottom of my notes online. I don't have time to go into detail except to say the coming, parousia. It means a coming, a coming that, that, that has degrees to it. There's several things happening. It's a coming that, that it takes place over a period of time. And one of the parts of Jesus' second coming is the revelation of the Antichrist, him turn quoting on Israel, the great tribulation, the cosmic disturbances. And then after the cosmic disturbances, there is the rapture of the church, the catching away of the saints for that reason. It's not a signless rapture. What is the sign of the rapture? Cosmic disturbances. The sun darkens. The moon darkens. The stars don't give their light. There are earthquakes. What does that tell you? Get your ducks in a row. We're going up. The gravity's losing its hold. You're going to get a glorified body. The dead in Christ will rise before we do. And we'll go to, go to heaven before the wrath of God is displayed. Most people that don't want to hear what I have to say believe this whole seven-year period, the tribulation is typically called, is a time of the wrath of God. Not the whole thing. The first part of it is the wrath of man, the wrath of Antichrist. Nothing in Scripture says that we are immune from persecution, does it? Do you find any Scripture in the New Testament that says that believers are immune from persecution from other people? Not one. We got brothers and sisters all over Africa, all over India, all over Asia, all over Russia, all over various parts of the world who are giving their lives and they're on the front line and God has given them martyr grace because they're being persecuted in ways you haven't in the U.S. But it's coming if we don't vote right. Quiet. It ain't up to have a vote. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You need to examine what people are believing these days. How many hear what I just said? If you vote for the wrong person, it'll come right here. Somebody may slit your throat. Keep me from preaching. Put me in jail. Would you like to see me in jail? I know I'm going a little too far. I get it. But you hear me. Cosmic disturbances. No, it's very clear. The cosmic disturbances indicate that the day of the Lord, the wrath of God, is about to be poured out. That starts in Revelation 8. So here we are, real quickly, as we come to a screeching hall to close. Look at this. Let's go through Revelation 7. I had to set it up. Revelation 7, 1, after these things, after the cosmic disturbances, after people are hiding in caves, afraid of what's happening, after the sun is darkened, the moon is darkened, and the stars fall from the sky, and something happens to the atmosphere that makes the earth suddenly vulnerable to things from outer space falling on our landmass. Here's what it says. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, and the... Uh, that the wind should not blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Now, now here's what you're seeing. Think, of, think in your mind of a hurricane. Man, those winds are swirling. But in the middle of the hurricane, in 1996, Hurricane Fran came through Raleigh. I was in my house in Nightdale, my other one. And, and man, it was swirling. Trees are falling. Man, we're downstairs. We're not upstairs. We're downstairs, hunkered down with our four kids. And all of a sudden, it gets quiet. And we open the front door and smell salt water. 
Yeah, because that water came from the ocean. And then I said, well, this is the eye. Boys, get your honey downstairs and hunker down. Here we go again. And here comes the wind again. So on both sides, there's, there's terrible activity. And so Revelation 7 is a parenthesis. Revelation 6, man, things are starting to happen. The sun's darkened. The moon's darkened. The stars don't give their light. There's a terrible earthquake. The atmosphere's affected. Revelation 8, the day of the Lord comes. Oh, my goodness. And I'll read that in just a minute. Uh, but so these angels say, hey, 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 everybody chill. No wind. Do nothing. Quiet. It's the eye of the storm. Then verse 2, look. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and sea, saying, Don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees till we've sealed the servants of our God on their forehead. God takes care of his people. Regardless of the time of earth, God takes care of his, God takes care of you, the church. God takes care of the Jews that will be saved during the wrath of God. Because they finally see Jesus was Messiah. He is the king. He is the lion. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. What was I thinking? And God seals them so they won't die during this climactic time called the wrath of God. And in fact, listen to Revelation uh, 8, 7. The earth, the sea, the trees are harmed on the day of the Lord. That's the wrath of God. We won't be here for that as the church. We will have been raptured away. But listen to what it says about the earth, the sea, the trees. The first angel, Revelation 8, 7 and 8. The first angel sounded and hail and fire followed. So an angel sounded a trumpet. This is the wrath of God being displayed. This is the day of the Lord beginning in Revelation 8. We'll go into detail next time. And they were thrown to the earth, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up. Green grass, all the green grass was burned up. Then the second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Friends, that's meteorites. And a third of the sea became blood. Now these angels here said, don't touch the earth, the sea, the trees. Don't mess with it. Because there's something God has to do before all of this occurs. So here's the parenthesis. And so it says here again, don't harm them until the, we have sealed the servants of our God on their forehead. Now, seals in the Bible, uh, talk about, they reveal ownership. And they also reveal protection. When someone's sealed. You know, when you were saved, Ephesians chapter 1 says you were sealed. With the Holy Spirit of promise. What does that mean? God owns you. And he's going to take care of you. If you let him through thick and thin. Through COVID-19. Through insurrections in our major cities. Regardless of what comes. He's going to take care of you. And during this cosmic disturbances. He's going to take care of you. And before the wrath of God comes. He's going to whisk you away. Is that good news? And even these Jews that are saved. And still here during the wrath of God. That starts in Revelation 8.1. God protects them. He makes sure that they're not harmed. Because he sealed them. That's what the seals are all about. Now, I, it is interesting to notice that the Antichrist in the, in the New Testament. Revelations 13 and 14. Uh, 
He also seals those that belong to him. Listen to this. Revelation 13, 16, 17. He calls us, he, the Antichrist, calls us all, both small and great, rich or poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their foreheads. I don't have time. We'll get into it later. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So, so even the Antichrist seals those who belong to him. That's mine. That belongs to me right now. So if you're dumb enough to be here during the wrath of God, don't take the seal. Uh, Nonetheless, God seals the 144,000 Jews. Let's read about it. These 144,000 will not be harmed during the intense judgments, the trumpet judgments, and we'll see later the bowl judgments. In Revelation 16, here's Revelation 4, 4, uh, 7, 4 through 8. And I'm going to summarize very quickly here for sake of time. I heard a number of those who were sealed, heard the number, 144,000 of all of the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Then it mentions verses 5 through 8, the tribes. There's Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, uh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, Benjamin, Who are these 144,000? These are sealed just before the last. Now, look, think again. They're sealed just before the last seal is broken on the scroll in God's right hand. You get it? Just before that last seal is broken, they're sealed so that they're not harmed. Once that last seal is broken, the scroll's open, and that's Revelation 8. And that's the wrath of God. That's the day of the Lord judgments that are sure to come. So, you know, different people. So what are these 144,000? Who are these people? Well, the Jehovah's Witness say only 144,000 are saved. How many know that's fallacy? That's false doctrine. Uh, Some say that the seals represent Christians who were sealed and protected by God during this time period. They refer back to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 16, 17 or so. Um, uh, they're sealed by the Holy Spirit. I don't think that's what it's talking about at all here. The most probable interpretation is this 144,000 represents Jews that will be converted during the wrath of God, the day of the Lord. They've missed the rapture. They weren't Messianic Jews. How many know there are Messianic Jews today? People who are 100% Jewish and they believe that Jesus is Messiah. These are non-Messianic Jews they're perhaps Hasidic Jews, and they believe, they, they believe the Torah. They don't believe in the New Testament Bible that we have. They don't believe that Jesus is Lord. But because of the hell that breaks loose, something happens. The blinders are taken off their eyes, and they suddenly see Jesus it really is the way, the truth, and the life. How many hear me? So that 144,000 most probably represents these Jews that are converted during the day of the Lord. And it's a representation of Jews from all of the 12 tribes of Israel. I'm not sure you should even take the 12,000 literally. I think it's a figurative number. That there's a great number from all of the tribes that make up the 12 tribes of Israel that come to the Lord. In fact, Ezekiel prophesied that they would be Jews that are converted before, uh, you know, uh, at, the, at some point in the future. And here's uh, the prophet Ezekiel, 30, uh, chapter 36, verse 24 through 28. I will gather you up from all nations, bring you home again to your land. Speaking of the Jews, that's already happened in our lifetime. And then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Verse 25, your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take out of you the stony, stubborn heart and give you a t- 
tender, responsive heart, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And you will live in Israel, the land that I gave your ancestors long ago. You will be my people, and I will be your God. That's specifically written to Jewish people. And here, John on the Isle of Patmos saw 144,000 a representation of the tribes of Israel that come to the Lord during, the, during this terrible time. Reuben is mentioned as, and Reuben is the firstborn of Jacob's son, so he's always right at the beginning. Uh, the tribes of Dan and Ephraim are not mentioned here. If you read through the Bible and read the 12 tribes of Israel, they don't mention all of them all the time. Sometimes it's mixed up here particularly. The tribes of Dan and Ephraim are not mentioned. They are replaced by Joseph and Levi. Say, so why, why did he do that? Well, some Bible scholars think, in fact, the rabbis, Old Testament rabbis in the Old Testament time, they taught that the, that the tribe, listen, they taught the, that the tribe of Dan was Satan's tribe. In fact, uh, one of the early church Christian teachers, Irenaeus, he taught that Dan's tribe was the Antichrist tribe. So there's a delineation. Even God shows the delineation to, to John on the Isle of Patmos that even the tribes of the Israelites that were idolaters, they're not in this group because no idolaters are going to be saved from the wrath that's coming. There's a delineation between the righteous and the unrighteous clearly during this time of the wrath of God. So, and so the 144,000 are sealed. Who are the 144,000? It's Jews that will be converted during the very last part of Daniel's seven years. It may last, this, you know, this time may last a year, year and a half, two years, who knows? But it's a terrible time. They're going to be Jews that are converted. Christians won't be here. We'll be in heaven. And that's what Revelation 7, 9 reveals. Listen to this. After these things, after the, the 144,000 Jews that will be here during the day of the Lord, once they're sealed, then look what it, here's a scene that John sees in heaven. Look at this. And after these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number. Wow. Think of it. Of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They're in heaven. They're clothed with white robes. The white robes denote the righteousness that Jesus gives us through his death, burial, and resurrection. With palm branches in their hands, finally, they have peace. Jesus had palm branches as he went into Jerusalem. He was the king of peace, right? Crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And the angel stood around the throne of the elders and the four living creatures. And, and those again were seen in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 5. Fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom. Thanksgiving, honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13, then one of the elders answered saying to me, who are these? arrayed in white robes and where did they come from and I said to him sir you know so he said these are the ones who come out of wow the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb you see the church will be here when the antichrist arises we'll be here during the three, first three and a half years you know, Jesus called those birth pangs. You read about it in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 8. We'll be here when the Antichrist 
turns on his agreement with Israel and desecrates their simple, simple, uh, refabricated, rebuilt temple. We'll be here during the Great Tribulation and there's mass slaughter of Christians and Jews, primarily in the Middle East, but again, it could go into the other parts of the world. It's according to what we do in America with how we vote as to whether or not our, our, um, our leaders allow it here. And so again, these believers that come out of the great tribulation, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 3, 3.10. Because you have obeyed my commands to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I submit to you that great time of testing, Jesus said believers would be immune from. It's not the first part of those seven years. It's that wrath of God that's coming. We're whisked away. You see it? And so then go back and look what he says here. Verse 15, therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell with them, I'll dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. A challenging time on earth, this great tribulation, challenging, make you weep. What we're dealing with now, this is child's play compared to what's coming to the earth. Say, Pastor, you got to say this? It's what the Bible says. And God has given us these things to prepare us for the things to come. But Revelation 7 shows us. The overarching love of God and the fact that he is our shepherd. The fact that he watches over us. The fact that his angels take care of us. Here's what I know for my future and yours. If you'll trust God regardless of what happens, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But God's promised to make a way for you. And that's what you got to know. So I can preach these things with absolute confidence that though it may not be things I like, it's not the way I would like things to be. God showed John on the Isle of Patmos what the future holds and we need to hear it, take heed. And then we need to warn our friends the world is going to be changing and it's not going to be changing to the, for the better into a utopian paradise where everybody's, you know, sitting in a little swing, you know, singing kumbaya and drinking sweet tea. No, hell's coming. Hell's coming to this planet. Antichrist going to rise up in this planet. People are going to get mean and aggravating. And life is not going to be nice. Jesus is preparing us for that time. So friends, get ready for the great persecutions that are to come during this time. But be, be encouraged that before the worst happens, we get whisked away. And God wipes our tears. And we'll be in eternity with him. Is that good news? So that's Revelation chapter 7. Now in the notes, I'm not going to go over this. I gave you all the references to the rapture in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 53. John 14, 1 through, uh, through 3. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 9. All of those uh, passages reference the rapture of the church. I've ran out of time. I don't have time to go over that tonight. Get the notes and then at the very end of the notes that you see, 
online, there's a supplemental, some supplemental information there about the rapture of the church. And I'll talk about that word parousia, where it shows that the second coming of Christ is, is uh, you know, it's, it's sequential. There's a sequential order into Jesus coming. And you can see that clearly. I give you all those scriptures that, that contain the word coming. And then I, there's some charts and graphs and things that, that really clearly show the things that are to come. And y'all, we don't have to be afraid. The, the thing I want to end is, you don't have to be afraid of the future. God's got us. If he can seal those Jews that are going to be saved during that terrible time, starting in, that, in Revelation chapter 8, he's going to take care of you. And even when the, you know, I don't like the idea of the sun. I've told you before, I don't like the idea of the sun darkening and the moon darkening, the stars falling, and earth shaking and quivering. I don't like that. But what I do know is, right now, detach yourself from earth and see yourself as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We can't take our homes, our cars, our 401ks, our properties, our money. We can't take anything with us. We take with us a relationship with Jesus. And that's the most important thing that any of us can have in life. You may not have a dime to your name, but if you got Jesus, you're a wealthy person in eternity. If you don't have him, you may have all the money in the world, but you really have nothing. Jesus said you're poor, miserable, wretched, blind, and naked without him.